Welcome back, everyone, to episode two of Sigh of the Storm. My name is Evan Wessling, and I am alongside my co-host, Brandon Ness. And uh, we are here to cover uh, the Southeast Missouri State preview for this upcoming Saturday as Iowa State's kicking off the 2022 football season. Uh, so we're going to be covering uh, the Red Hawks, just a little bit about their team and how they played last season. And then we'll kind of go into what Iowa State should do this Saturday to come out with a victory, so a plan of attack. And then we'll head into our just kind of players to look out for uh, that 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 segment of the episode. And then finally, we're going to obviously wrap it up with our scores predictions and kind of, you know, going after the over-under for the game. Uh, so with that, like I said, we're going to start things off uh, with how just our overall uh, Southeast Missouri State uh, preview. Uh, so to kick it off, they are from the Ohio Valley Conference in the FCS. Uh, they went 4-7 and seven last season. Um, and they were 4-2 and two at one point, um, and they ultimately did hand the top team from their conference, UT Martin, their only conference loss. Um, they put up 27 points a game and 360 yards last season, uh, but they did allow three, 31 points a game and 430 yards. So um, obviously it's a defense that struggled, and uh, I think as we'll cover later, I think this is a game where Iowa State can really explode offensively. Yeah, I agree completely. They're coming off of a high note to finish the season with a win against UT Martin to finish it off. And they did have a pretty good conference record, even though their overall record was not exactly stellar. But it was their program's first losing season in five years, so they're definitely looking for a little bit of vengeance this year. And there is a little bit of familiarity between the teams as their head coach was Matt Campbell's defensive coordinator at Toledo in 2012 and 2013. So the two of them know each other pretty well, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, Southeast Missouri is picked second in Ohio Valley, so definitely got some expectations coming in. And their team is pretty much new, as they have 50 newcomers on a roster, 43 of whom are freshmen. Jeez. <laughs> so they have a lot of question, or question marks, just like Iowa State does. So we'll see how the game goes, but I think with all the question marks on both sides of the ball, it, it might come down to talent, and Iowa State should have the win in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just to kind of cover a couple of, of the Red Hawks' key players, we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. Paxton DeLaurent, don't know if I said his uh, name right, but we're going to go with that. Uh, he was named the starting quarterback this week, and he beat out their returning starter. Um, he's going to be making his Southeast Missouri State debut, and along with his NCAA de- debut, uh, as he transferred over from Central Methodist, uh, which is a NAIA school. And this is pretty impressive to win the job over a two-year starter in C.J. Ogbana that started for the last two years for Southeast Missouri. And he had a pretty good year of himself last year. He was all-conference, so definitely not an easy job to win over there at Southeast Missouri State. For sure. Uh, Going over to probably their best player offensively, uh, Gino Hess. He's a senior, and he's their running back. He is the preseason Ohio Valley Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, he ran for 1,100 yards on 203 carries, which is 112 yards per game. And they tallied 14 touchdowns and four and a half, or five and a half yards per carry, I apologize. And then going into kind of their receiving duo, um, they returned Johnny King and Will, Will Weedman, and they combined for 500 yards and seven touchdowns last year. Looking to see a lot of running the ball in the first game for them as they have a new quarterback, and their quarterback is really dual threat, so... Look to see a lot of them hanging off to their stellar running back and using the quarterback in the run game to get some added numbers. Yep, and then flipping over to the other side of the ball, 
Uh, they're led by a sophomore linebacker, Bryce Norman. Uh, he had 66 tackles and a team-high 32 solo tackles as a true freshman last season. Uh, and then he also recorded 7.5 tackle for loss, uh, 1.5 sacks, and a team-high 3 forced fumbles. Uh, and the sophomore was selected as a freshman All-American at the FCS level last season. And then the two final players I have highlighted uh, for the Red Hawks is um, Jacob Morrissey. Uh, he had three sacks. And then Trey Hodges, who had four picks on the season last year. They have a very experienced secondary and linebacker core, but their defensive line is very new and very fresh, so looking for Iowa State to run the ball effectively against them to start off the game. Yeah, and I guess that segment, segments really well into our next spot, which is just Iowa State's plan of attack, so go ahead and take it on. Yeah, for Iowa State, it's really just running the ball effectively to start the game off. We have a new system going in, new quarterback, so you're really just looking to give it off to your experienced players with Jairo Brock and see if you can establish yourself on the line of scrimmage up front as you should against a team like Southeast Missouri. And like I said, Southeast Missouri does not have a great defensive front, so we got to run the ball effectively and see how Hunter Decker reacts to the experienced secondary when he gets the chance to throw the ball. And then really for Iowa State on the offensive side of the ball to wrap it up is just what kind of sets do we see them in? A lot of times last year it was three tight end sets. So do we see a little more spread offense? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and I think uh, we talked about this a little more last episode and on the first one, but um, we do expect uh, to kind of see the Cyclones, even not just the first game, but kind of to start the season, uh, just just to ease Deckers into, into the role. Um, obviously, he put up some pretty good performances against Iowa and Oklahoma when he got that little bit of playing time. Um, but again, just being the starter – um, and really having his true experience as you know the starting quarterback for Iowa State playing in the Big 12, Power 5, um, you know it's, it'll definitely take a little time to ease him in. Um, or he could shoot out and be in, insane. And again, like we've said, Deckers has an incredible ceiling, but I definitely agree. Uh, we're going to see a lot of the running backs probably this first game. Uh, and just because, you know, even though Jirel um, hasn't played a ton, over his career, he was actually a higher recruit than Brees coming out of high school. They were the same class, um, but for a guy that you know, especially in this day of college football and just college athletics in general, uh, with the whole transfer portal and NIL, to see a guy like Brock stick around is honestly pretty impressive to me. Yeah, and the running back room is very deep this year, so there's a lot of competition up there throughout spring practice and fall camp. So you should see. Even when we get into the twos and threes, hopefully, in this yeah. game, we see the same amount of talent on the field and hopefully see some new guys break open a couple of plays. Yeah, and so uh, we're, we're going to kind of jump into the, uh, pl- some players to look out for uh, for Iowa State. Um, we're we're going to go by position uh, down the line, so kind of starting with a backup quarterback, I think that's a big question. Now, obviously, again, at the time of recording this, we still have no too deep. Yeah. Or just depth chart in general. Probably Saturday morning at this point. Yeah. Uh, there's a chance, I guess, they release it release it tonight on the coach's corner. Again, we're filming this on Monday night. Um, but, I don't know. Campbell doesn't, he doesn't like posting it right away. So, we don't really know, so we're kind of taking some guesses here. Um, but starting off again with the QB2, uh, it's really between Ashton Cook or Rocco Becht. Now, Ashton Cook is a redshirt freshman. Uh, Rocco is a true freshman. Uh, another couple of quarterbacks on the 
the roster is Nate Glance, who's the Iowa Western transfer, and then obviously Blake Clark. But I would certainly – it sounds like Cook is the guy as of now, but obviously we'll see on Saturday. Yeah, and hopefully it doesn't come to the point where quarterback two really matters throughout the rest of the season. But all indications from the coaching staff is that all the quarterbacks have been playing really well and competing nicely. So it'll be interesting to see if we get to the point where we're playing a backup quarterback who comes out. So we'll see when it gets to game time. Yeah, and then hopping into maybe one of the most interesting spots – on the Iowa State roster, and you know Brandon just talked about this, that this running back room is very deep. In fact, um, we've heard a lot from the coaching staff that this could possibly be the deepest running back room they've had in program, or at least through Matt, 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 Matt Campbell's tenure. Sorry about that. And as it should be with the recruiting classes he's been bringing in, the talent should only be getting better and better as he gets into his now seventh year at Iowa yeah, State. Yeah, that's crazy. So, he should be continuing to bring in more and more talent every year, so it's good to hear positive regards coming out of spring and fall camp. Yeah, and, you know, I was reading stuff earlier. You know, obviously there's a clear RB1 at least to start the season with, uh, you know, Brock. But I've also seen stuff where they kind of have a 1B, 1C, 1D format. Um, and, again, so I think the thing we're interested to see if there is a running back two that kind of breaks out through the non-con or if they kind of go with the running back by committee. And it's, I mean, obviously I'm sure they'd love a guy to break out and kind of take on the second role and take some carries off of Jirel. Um, but they, they've talked a lot about the running back by committee. Yeah, and I'm sure this is pure speculation, but I'm sure starting Jirel is more just experience thing. Yeah. When you have Norton, who's a freshman, you got Silas and Sanders, who are both sophomores now, or yeah, redshirt freshmen, but... Sanders got the red shirt. I think Silas burned it because someone had to play the bowl game. So. Yeah, either way, you're going with the experienced guy, and that makes sense at that position, especially starting with Southeast Missouri, who should be too much of competition. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. In the past, we've struggled in September and early on games, so it'll be interesting to see who the running back two is or if it is just a running back by committee, like you said. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me personally – um, even though I absolutely love Silas, because who doesn't love like a five eight wrecking ball? Um, but I definitely think your two guys that you're really gonna probably look out for is uh, Eli Sanders and Cardavius Norton. Again, Sanders is the redshirt freshman, Norton is the true freshman, and I think potentially a reason because obviously with Brees not playing, they had to have a running back too, and so I think it. I think when they burnt Silas's redshirt that that can maybe point you in a direction that they felt a little bit more confident in Sanders. Yeah, and they all have a very different style of running. Yeah. So that's where the running back by committee could really be effective, but I do think Silas could stand out, and he's kind of like a Deuce Vaughn type guy, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. That's what you hope you could bring him, which is obviously very lofty goals as he's, I think, the offensive player of the year going into the year. It's probably him or Bijan. Yeah, so... Obviously, that's really high expectations, and then we saw a little bit of Sanders last year, and all indications are good for the running back group going forward. Yep, and so now heading on to the receiver room, um, I think your wide receiver one and two are without question. You know, it's Hutch and it's Jalen Knoll. Yeah, that's not that's not anything new to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the big question is who I'm really interested to see. Again, I'll keep saying this. We're keep saying this throughout this episode. Still no depth chart, which is really annoying, but. Um, I'm interested to see who gets pegged as the day one starter at that wide receiver three spot. Uh, the five guys that are going to be competing for that, 
Um, and again, they probably already know who it is. Uh, I'd sure hope so, at least. Uh, but your five guys are Sean Shaw, Darren Wilson, Daniel Jackson, Dimitri Stanley, and Greg Gaines. Now, obviously, you guys should know probably Sean Shaw and Darren Wilson for sure, um, as they've gotten a solid amount of action over the last couple of years. Uh, Daniel Jackson, again, picking up a little bit of uh, playing time the last couple of years as well. Uh, Dimitri Stanley is a transfer from Colorado. And then Greg Gaines is a true freshman. Now, me personally, again, I haven't seen, you know, a guy like Dimitri play. Um, but I, I, I really hope it's Greg. I just think his body type and his his athleticism is just like the receiver Iowa State needs. And, you know, not to say Hutch can't be a deep ball guy because we've seen Hutch be a deep ball guy. But I think more of a jump ball guy is what we need. And I think we Iowa State has been looking in that between like Shaw the last couple of years and he's had his moments uh but then also he had a little bit of butter a case of the butterfingers last year as well um but I personally hope it's Greg Gaines um just I think his body type is kind of perfectly fits what Iowa State needs at that wide receiver three spot and I think it becomes even more crucial this year with our sets probably changing away from three tight ends yeah. you're going to have more wide receivers on the field hopefully more guys getting reps I'm looking for multiple wide receivers to get catches in this first game, get some guys some reps early on, some guys that you might not have heard of going into this year even. So I think really it's probably going to be Sean Shaw to start off yeah. just because of the experience, but it's really just figuring out through the non-con who the guy is, who has the highest ceiling, but also who has the highest floor and is not going to make mistakes in a game like Iowa, in a game like Baylor where you need guys to – keep their head in the game a little bit more and not make some mistakes like some underclassmen will yeah and I think again just having a game like Southeast Missouri State um we're gonna see all five you know all seven of those receivers will play the the first two being obvious but um you know you're gonna see all five of those guys get their shot and um you know I think the big thing is this first game will really show who gets receive that who, who gets the starting job versus Iowa I think this game is really more like this could be the competition for the wide receiver three. Like, like you said, they could go with Shaw or Wilson for the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game could really be who wins the three job for Iowa, which I wouldn't be shocked at, honestly. Yeah, and football is always a little different than it is with basketball. As in basketball, you have these weird secret scrimmages where you get box scores and everything, but nobody's really watching. Yeah. But at the same time, you can still see kind of the depth chart who's starting, who's not. So. It's always just wide open, and that's another reason why this year not starting with you and I with all the question marks we have is just a relief. Yeah, no kidding. You and I games take so many years off my life. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Heading over to the tight end room, which is one of the biggest losses as Iowa State hands down loses their two best tight ends in program history in Charlie Kohler and Chase Allen. Um now, this is a little bit of a weird spot because Jared Russ is technically considered a tight end, but he's a fullback. So you, you throw him into this role, into this room as the starting. He's the leader. He's the guy. Um, but again, he's he's the fullback. All you're really going to see him is stuff out of the flats in the receiving game. Unless he developed in the offseason and more receiver, which we don't really know. But my guess is, again, he'll be more of the fullback, like as we've seen, because, you know, he got first team all Big 12 last year in that fullback role. Um, but in terms of who steps up receiving wise, uh, your your two main guys. Now, 
I was reading some stuff earlier. It sounds like Deshaun Hanukkah is kind of more of a Russ type, which I thought he was more of a receiving guy, but and I could be wrong. Um, but I would say then Deshaun Hanukkah is maybe your backup to Russ. And there was also rumor about him being injured. Didn't you say that? Yeah, yeah. I. It's all rumors at this point, as Campbell and company rarely <laughs> say anything. And if they yeah. do, it ends up being day-to-day for the whole season. So who <laughs> really knows at this point? Yeah, but I guess just to get you to the, the punchline, your two guys, receiving-wise, are going to most likely be Easton Dean and Tyler Moore. Um, now, us being both from Johnston, it's kind of cool seeing Tyler Moore as yeah. a potential weapon for Iowa State this year. And he has the body more than Russ and Hanukkah do to be a natural tight end like we've seen in the past with Kohler, as Russ is not the tall guy like Kohler is at 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, whatever yeah. he is. But hopefully, the hope is Russ has matured and gotten better in the receiving game, but he just doesn't have some of the natural tools that a guy like Tyler Moore does. Yeah, and again, Dean is still kind of a weird guy as he's a project piece. It still feels like as he... Switch positions from quarterback to tight end. It feels like we've been hearing about him for a lot of a long time now, and he's just never really been the guy yet. But he's also had three or four guys ahead of him. Yeah, and three and four solid pieces. So hopefully he's stepping up this year, and we'll see. Yeah, and I, I and then quickly one last thing, and then we'll move on to the O line. Um, but a thing about Tyler, where I think that he could, I, I, I mean, again, we've kind of seen a little bit of Easton Dean, but he hasn't really shown a ton of flashes. Um, but for those that don't know, um, Tyler Moore did play receiver at high school, did transition to tight end his senior year, kind of, because that's what Iowa State wanted him to be. But that's why I feel like he's your best bet at a true receiving target, because he's got good speed, he's got good size, um, he's got a good route tree. So I feel like if there's a guy that will step up as the true receiver, I do think it'll be him. Um, again, if Easton Dean proves us wrong, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, you just need some other guy other than Russ and Hanukkah yeah. to battle for an actual tight end spot instead of more of a natural fullback position. Definitely. Uh, going on the O-line, this one will be pretty, pretty quick. Just to go over your starters, uh, Tyler Miller, Jared Hufford, Trevor Downing, Daryl Simmons, and then it's most likely going to be tr- – Treber, I could get that wrong. Uh, at your right tackle, uh, Remsburg did get hurt, and again, it's the classic week to week, which means he could not play the entire season as Trevor Downing was week to week the entire 2020 season after getting hurt versus Louisiana. So um, it is, uh, according to Randy Peterson of the Des Moines Register, he said Remsburg could be out until Baylor. Again, it's day-to-day in the Campbell system. That could be he never comes back, so we don't know. And Baylor is the natural game to put him back in as it's the start of Big 12 play, and hopefully you don't need him in the Ohio game. But I think you just get him through the non-con, get everybody healthy through that Ohio game, and then it's game on for Baylor and throughout the Big 12 season. Yep. Now we're going to flip sides to the defensive side of the ball, uh, starting with the edge rushers, which, um, you know, Number nine, Will McDonald. Don't have to worry about him. He's going to be an absolute stud. It's just who's opposite of him is the yeah. big question on the D-line. And truly, I think some guy that is not talked about enough in terms of what Iowa State lost last year, any. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. huge, huge loss. Yeah. He could do a little bit of everything on that defensive line from being the interior run stopper to pass rushing. So it's just a really big loss there. Yeah, and, and he had nine sacks. So, again... Like when 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 a will was getting doubled and tripled because that's not going anywhere. That's still gonna happen. Yeah. 
like he still picked up the workload. So the big thing is whoever steps up, they like we just need one guy to really, you know, kind of get that production. If it's like a six, seven sack season, somewhere around there, you know. Yeah. It does sound like Blake Peterson is your day one starter, uh, Retcher Jr. Uh, but then a couple other edge guys that you could look out for, ju- um, to potentially take that uh, spot opposite Will, or backup Will, would be MJ Anderson, who's a Minnesota transfer. And then Joey Peterson. <coughs> I think at the defensive tackle position, or what uh, in our three-man front is the defensive tackle position, is going to be interesting to see the depth there. There's not a whole lot of guys we've seen in action or in meaningful action, so it's really just going to be who can fill in and hopefully be a good run stopper in the Big 12. Yeah, and I guess kind of piggybacking off of that, your guys to back up Isaiah Lee. Uh, J.R. Singleton is going to be your your rotation guy. But one guy, I don't really know if he's going to play, but I'm super interested in, Dominic Orange. He's a freshman, but he's 350 pounds. And he's getting a lot of hype out of fall camp. Yeah, so. and I mean, Iowa State has never had access to a guy with that size. and Athletic ability yeah. is just off the charts for him. What you've seen in some videos online and from his high school days, it's just unreal. So I'm, I'm very curious to see if he gets some playing time or what – uh, goes there, but uh, moving on to the linebacker room, which is without a doubt the most predictable, probably the least worrisome group of the entire roster. Your starters are Gary Vaughn, um, Orion Vance, and uh, is it Colby or Cody Reader? It's one of the two. We're going to look this up real quick. Either way, you got your starters Colby, down, yep. but then... Your backup, uh, the only guy I really have listed is Jacob Imming, who is an incoming freshman. Um, I just really, I mean, you're not going to see a lot of rotation at that spot. I mean, like they, like they're, they're going to bring some guys in, Yeah. but I mean, you kind of have your three and the depth behind it is a little shaky and just haven't seen it. it it'll, it'll be guys who need to prove themselves. Um, but that, that's honestly a room that you're going to have unless injury, probably guys that are going to be on the field three downs each. Right. And this is a position, especially that you hope your recruiting classes have, up a little bit up and so with the losses with the NFL draft and a couple guys going to the transfer portal and whatnot the depth is really the question in this group but the starters are down so it's just who can fill in and I think we'll see a lot of that in the southeast Missouri game yep and then heading on to probably the most I, I think you can say worrisome group of the entire team uh the secondary cornerbacks and safeties um your four guys at that cornerback position that are going to be in a rotation it's going to be Tavon Kyle, TJ Tampa, Miles Purchase, Darren Porter. Porter obviously flipped from receiver to DB this offseason. Um, but I do think probably out of the gate you're going to see Tavon Kyle and TJ Tampa be tagged as the starter. But honestly, it's going to be a four-guy rotation. They're going to see who steps up. And rotations in quarterbacks is really important as it's a lot of steps and it's a lot of workload, especially in – non-conference play you're going to get a lot of reps and hopefully the backups can do their job just fine so you don't have to be playing three downs yeah and honestly if it's you know if we just get these four guys they're all solid and it's in a rotation all year that's fine yeah absolutely but you see a lot of shifting on especially in the secondary with anthony johnson moving into safety which we'll get into now yep so like you said going to safety obviously two guys you don't need to worry about is um anthony johnson and then bo freeler and i think for uh, Freeler can have an absolutely monster year. Now, Freeler did play the star, I believe, last season. Um, 
Because Aishin played the star, didn't he? Aishin played the star, and Freeler started to take some of his reps. Yeah, by the, the end, they were, like, splitting. Yeah. But, so I do believe... But I think I think Anthony took the star. I could be wrong, but I thought that's what I saw. I would guess he did. So I think Anthony's going to be your star, and Freeler's going to be your strong safety. Those two going to be solid, no doubt about it. Uh, the question is free safety. Uh, I was really, really disappointed when Craig McDonald decided to transfer. Yeah. Uh, he, him and Freeler looked like just the duo. And when, once we found out that Anthony Johnson moved to safety, I'm like, dang, this is maybe the one of the best safety rooms we've ever had. It's Yeah, definitely starter-wise, and it's just getting into the depth. You hope the guys do their jobs that are coming in as freshman, sophomore, and can hopefully take some of the reps later on so we don't get injury-prone or whatever in the secondary. Yeah, I think the guy that I think will probably get the most playing time out of the gays, Malik Verndon. Um, and then I guess behind him competing, there's a couple Juco transfers. Uh, one's Blake Thompson. I forget the other guy. Um, but free safety will be interesting. I think, again, there'll be a rotation. And this whole Southeast Missouri State, Ohio, I guess Iowa, it just non-con in general, they're really getting prepped to see who their guys are for the gauntlet of the Big 12. Yeah, and as a secondary, you're not being tested too majorly against Iowa, so it's really oh. just Southeast Missouri, Ohio, see if they stretch the field at all and see how they can impact the running game too as a lot of the first three games are going to be run-focused teams. Yep, and then obviously this, we don't really have to go too in-depth, but obviously kicker and punter, uh, you lose Mevis, who probably the second best kicker we've ever had behind Netton. I would say so. Yeah. Um, but Looks like you're you're gonna see Jace Gilbert as your kicker and Cameron Shook as your punter. Obviously, just hope for some consistency out of a kicker. Hopefully, he can get some fifty yarders. Don't need huge bombs, yeah. but um, obviously, it was tough. Like 2019, 2018, when Iowa State would be at the thirty and we just couldn't kick the field goal, and we'd have to go for it because Sally just didn't have the leg. So, just hoping Jace Gilbert's a guy that can get you know in the fifty range. Um, and kind of be reliable where you can kick it from 30, 33, 34, around there. Absolutely, and kicker is one of those positions, and punter, I guess, as well, where it's just so frustrating when you don't have a guy. And going into the season, you don't really think about kicker and punter as something yeah. that can change the game. But as we see in, like, the Iowa game last year, uh, Tory Taylor can change. Went, and, and that's not just our game in general. Tory Taylor has He's one He's the best games. punter in the country by far. Um, but... So also in special teams though, kick returner, punt returner. See if Noel is still at that position, or if a freshman sophomore takes over. Yeah, That'll I be think interesting. I think Noel is definitely probably the guy out of the gates. I'll be interested to see if maybe they utilize Sanders a little bit because yeah. he's got that speed. Um, but yeah, that's I kind of I guess we went a little far in depth. That I guess we kind of combined our preview with our look at the depth chart, which honestly works because it's you know previewing the first game and yeah. we haven't seen that stuff yet, but. Getting in the final part, I'll send over to Brandon for his uh, uh, final score predictions and just thoughts about the game. Yeah, so coming out of Vegas, they have us as a 37.5-point favorite. Which <laughs> I'll pound the under. Yeah, I'll pound the under as well on that. <laughs> we never come out as strong as we should. 38 points. I'm not sure our offense can put up 38 points, frankly. We haven't seen them yet. So it'll be interesting. I got my score prediction down as 41-10 to 10 Iowa State. I think this is fairly reasonable. We got them by 31. I think 41, it sounds like a lot, considering what we've put up in past games against you and I against Iowa in the past. So it's just really seeing what the offense can do under a new system. Yeah, and my final score is going to be 38-10. So, again, very similar. Um, 
I think this is just a game where it shouldn't be hard to put up points. It's not going to be a game where you have a team that, like, you know, obviously not to say South Missouri State doesn't want to beat us, but... Oh, absolutely. It's the only game on the schedule that they're playing FCF, FBS team, so... Yeah, but again, something that's very different about you and I. Yeah, um, definitely. So I do feel like this is a game Iowa State should win pretty handily, and I'll be interested just to see in general who steps up again. I'll quickly highlight my big ones. Running back two, wide receiver three, um, edge, and secondary. So uh, I'm very curious to see the guys that step up. That's what I'm most excited for in this game is to see those young guys. Because really this most of this team is a young roster, and I just, I'm curious to see um, how all this really t- all these really talented kids um, do this year. Yeah, and with the schedule this year, you need guys to get out of the gates early and hopefully establish themselves as you get into – the preseason what should be favorite in my opinion with Baylor in your first game of the Big 12 so hopefully you have some guys that can step up and then the key to this game is just getting out of the gates early don't run into this thing where you're up seven nothing at halftime or anything yeah just get out early get some new guys in and move on to Iowa well that is going to wrap up episode two everyone we hope you guys enjoyed uh I can speak for the both of us we're really excited for Iowa State football to be back Um, and just football season as a whole. I'm super pumped. I think this could be a really, really fun team. And again, a lot of that relies, or a lot of that depends on how well this talent actually translates to the field um, against other teams. But like I said, hope you guys enjoyed episode two. We'll be back um, very shortly uh, with our, you know, post-game thoughts for Southeast Missouri State. Um, Hopefully it's a W. I'd be really shocked if it isn't, but uh, I've been on, we've both been Iowa State fans for a pretty long time. So Things like that can happen. Yeah, we've seen the best and the worst of Iowa State football in our lifetimes, which is special but also kind of a curse. Yep. Uh, I couldn't put it any better. So with that, you guys, like I said, hope you enjoyed. Uh, make sure to follow us again on Twitter. It's Sigh of the Storm. It's going to be capital C, Sigh, uh, and then of the storm, both all in lowercase. And then, oh, I guess, and then the storm, the S and the storm is capitalized. Uh, and I'm sure you can probably look that up all lowercase or whatever. But like I said, follow us on Twitter for some other news. And with that, we'll see you guys uh, for episode three, Roll Clones.